Good morning, good morning, good morning to you. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Charles Matthews Show. I got a great guest for you. Hope everybody's doing well. Let somebody know it's time for the Charles Matthews Show. Wake up. Let's just go. Now, I don't want to waste no time with an intro because this next gentleman, I want to give him the most time on stage because all my guests fill out this little form, this little bio, and the story this gentleman has to tell, I want to get right into it because I think it's going to help a lot of people out there. So please welcome to the show, Trace, give him a big round of applause. <laughs> and the crowd goes wild. <laughs> uh, yeah. Buddy, how you doing? I'm doing good. How about you, Charles? I'm good. I'm good. Before we start, tell everybody where you're calling in from. I'm calling in probably about a half hour north of Milwaukee, you know, the home of the Harley Davidson. All right. There you go. Are you a basketball fan? You know what? I'm not much of any major sports fans, unfortunately. I just, I never really got into it, uh, even coming up through school and what have you. I mean, I got involved in, uh, you know, <coughs> cheerleading. <coughs> uh, <laughs> actually, I was in gymnastics, and then uh, my dad retired from the service, and we settled in Southern California, and the school system I was in didn't have a male uh, co competitive gymnastics team. So the closest thing I could get to that was cheerleading, plus, you know, the girls what can you say? <laughs> what to say listen you're the smart one out of everybody you know where the rest of us is banging up against other guys you're like hey don't worry i'll lift them i'll throw them i got you i got you right <laughs> smart man right there so please introduce yourself and tell us let's talk about your story because i really want to get into it when i read your bio and i go this gentleman has a story to tell that could help others so let's i, I uh I, I'm the humble Tracy Brinkman. Uh, you know, I have a, a host of my own podcast. You know, I, I do uh, uh, business and success coaching. I've uh, I've been. I'm going to call it. I've been on both sides of, of the tracks. You know, I've been on the the dark side. I actually shared some of that with you in the bio, where you know I got hooked in the world of uh, alcohol and drugs, and really went down a dark path for a couple of years, and then was was able to get myself out of it. I had a, an awakening moment that uh, was like, okay, you're, you're at this, this why in your life, you know, you can go down one road and continue down and probably end up in jail or dead, or you can go down another road and, you know, hopefully some better things will happen to you. Let's, let's start with that first then. Sure. Because, because you, you talk about, you know, you weren't into sports. So we're like, well, he didn't get it from sports. Cause you know, nope. you know nope. leading, so you can't get it from there is like, so what at that moment, got you to say, hmm, I got to go down this path. What what was it? I'll step back for a quick moment. And uh, like I, I alluded to, my dad was in the military, right? He had a 23-year veteran of, of the United States Army. So I grew up all over the United States, actually spent a number of years over in, in Germany uh, when he was stationed there. And when he finally retired, uh, you know, mid high school time for me, uh, he retired in Southern California. So away went all this, the the structure, right? All that discipline. And now I'm in probably 
one of the more liberal areas of the world, let alone of the United States. And uh, so there was like, oh, wow, all these cool, ooh, all these cool things are available. But uh, uh, right out of high school, I went back and I joined the military myself and went back to Germany. And then when I served my six years, I came back to Southern California. Now I've got a little different look on life, a couple of years older. And I started a computer consulting uh, business. And this is at the probably just at the start of the dot-com boom. I was doing computer programming, uh, making some pretty good coin in the process. And therein started the path because now I've got some money in the pocket. I'm hanging out with another echelon of people. Yeah. And there comes the whole, you know, that Coke and the speed scene, right? And alcohol just, and I was like, oh, yeah, let me just take it all in. You, know, you, you yeah. start off and it's all cool and it's fun, right? But yeah. then it, it it hooks you, right? It's like a, it's, oh, I don't know. It's like a bad disease. Right. And uh, I started, uh, I actually started using it as a way, I started selling it to feed my habit, which meant I started you know, shying away from the whole business thing, right? And I got into that drug scene pretty deep and I was out partying for a couple of days straight and I came home and the, I found the door to my condo had been kicked in. And I thought it had been robbed and come to find out it was the police. The police had raided my condo. Wow. So that's, I gotten their attention, right? I was on someone's radar screen. And so, uh, you know, and I thought to myself, holy shit. And it was just like you see in the movies, right? Furniture is all jostled around, you know, stuff is thrown everywhere. Mashed potato mix and cereals all yeah. over on the floor. They're looking yeah. for stuff. But it's no joke. It was everywhere. Right. And, uh, you know, I think, if it had just been me, I probably would have made a different decision. But I had a four-month-old baby at the time, oh. and she was my life. And I was—I actually paused and thought for a moment, "Holy crap! Um, you know, I'm, it's not just my life I'm impacting anymore. It's this new, this new life that I brought into the world that I just love with my dear heart." And uh, that's why I made the decision and to clean up my life and clean up my act and my body, get that poison out. Mm -hmm. But you know, uh, I couldn't do it alone. It was luckily I had some very supportive parents and uh, a gentleman I, I called him my brother. We probably met in my early teens and you knew each other till he passed away a couple of years ago. So he was my brother as far as I concerned. So with their help, I got out of that that scene. I'm totally and this is the thing if anyone's toying with that arena. To get out, you've got to get completely away from it, right? You got to get away from anyone you associate with. That's otherwise they will. I think my personal opinion suck you back in, like like right. uh, that that movie quote, right? I want to get out, but they keep pulling me back in. Yeah, so, yeah, you know. So you know, I got out, and my my psyche, my self confidence was so damaged. I didn't feel worthy just to go right back in to doing some of that high paid, uh, you know, programming stuff. So I literally started doing day jobs, working in offices, doing filing, uh, you know, working in a warehouse just to build my self-confidence back up. And, uh, you know, I got it back up there and, uh, it, you know, when put myself back out on the market and landed a, a good role with the Coca-Cola company, which started my corporate, uh, corporate America rise, you know, or end up going and working with them at their headquarters, from Coca-Cola goes to Home Depot, from Home Depot to, you know, a company called Frontgate, then David's Bridal and Victoria's Secret. So, I, you know, I started that rise, but it wasn't, you know, until after I went through that dark phase and said, holy crap, I could have made a completely different life decision. You know what I'm saying? So let me ask you this, though, because there's, there's a point that you said something. Get my confidence back. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering why do you feel like you had to get confidence back? Like did the drugs hinder you? Did it take away? Cause Rudman, like you said, you open up your own company, yep. you're making money. What, what part of confidence did you felt that you lost? You know, I, it, I say confidence, but it may have just been my self-worth, you know, my feeling worthy of going back and presenting myself to a client or to a company saying, Hey, I can do great things. You know, cause I came out of the military. I was like, I was, Oh yeah. Right. got to, uh, to pound my chest. Right. But now, you know, I've been, I've been playing with some seedier folks and I didn't feel worthy to go back to say, Hey, Charles, yeah, here's what I could do for you and your company, you know, and then you start showing you things, you're like, you know, didn't I just see you out of the club doing all that stuff over there? And you're like, uh, oh, well, yeah, that, no, that wasn't me. <laughs> you know, so I think that was more that, you know, getting my self-confidence and that self-worth built back up to go back out and present myself to the market. So then let me ask you this one question, because a lot of people are like, well, okay, that's easier said than done. But what did you do personally to get that confidence back? Uh, well, like I said, it was literally, I started, you know, st- just doing day jobs where I feel like, okay, I could do this. That's cake. I go out there, do some office jobs, do some warehouse jobs. But in the meantime, you know, I'm doing, uh, I'm going to be cliche here. I'm doing that personal development, you know, reading the good books, uh, be they the Bible on up, you know, through the, the Zig Ziglar's and the, uh, the Jim Rohn's of the world, finding that good stuff, uh, you know, from, um, uh, all those folks out that put out that Earl Nightingale was a big influence back in those days would have been, Oh, we're talking about the late eighties, early nineties at this point. Right. Okay. So just really just doing anything to build that self-confidence back up. And uh, uh, when I landed the role at Coca-Cola, it wasn't a big, Hey, uh, I'm an executive role. It was, you know, it was a, um, a parts expediter role. And I went in there and I just threw myself at it. I used my programming skills to build myself some tools to be really good at the job. And they, they recognized that. And that recognition made me feel better and got me a promotion. And it just became this nice, cool cycle of me giving and them recognizing and then you know, getting recognized and promoted as a result. So you basically, uh, how am I saying this? Gonna you restacked yourself to get back to the level. Yeah, you absolutely. A little bit here, yeah. a little bit here. You're like, okay, next, next phase. Okay, I remember how to do this next phase. And then after a while, you're like, I'm good again. This is the I'm way. Good. I'm yeah. good again. Absolutely. Put my, you know, and it was putting yourself. It was, you know, it was putting myself out there, but in a safe spot, you know, and then I finally had to push the, uh, the comfort zone a little bit and say, okay, I, I can sit there and do these safe jobs for a while, or I can put myself back out there and, you know, risk it. You know, you're not going to risk it. You're not going to get anything until you risk it. Right. Right. So then I'm, I'm reading your bio. Mm-hmm. And okay. So you went up off drugs. Everything is good now, but is it? It is. Well, it is. But then, of course, as we all know, life life happens. Right. Life throws another poop pie into my face. Um, I'm I'm in Coca-Cola. We're uh, probably about halfway into my career. My second daughter is born and uh, she's born with uh, what they, they referred to as a distended abdomen. So she had a big, huge tummy as she came out. Um, when she was born. And what had happened is during um, probably the first trimester, one of the arteries feeding her intestinal tract didn't fully develop. So her intestinal tract didn't fully develop. Um, And your small intestine, when you're born, normally you'll have 200 plus centimeters. She had like 23. 
So she could eat and absorb nutrition, but not enough to sustain life. All right. So during the first three months of her life, she went to six major operations just wow. to try different things uh, to make her uh, self self-sustaining. Self I mean, they even tried, you know, taking like her small intestine apart, making two thinner tubes and then connecting them end to end in the hopes that that would work. Uh, but it didn't, unfortunately. And it's a very complex operation because, you know, the way the, the blood vessels feed around the uh, the intestine they have to pull it apart a certain way to create that tube to, to connect it end to end um, but it wasn't enough they installed a tpn line uh, which is called a, a total uh, parental nutrition line which is basically just the raw nutrients that we as humans need and it, it went in right above her heart so literally the the it, the fluid came in through the you know, through the tube just above her heart and then it pumps it out well, the body being the amazing thing that it is said, oh, well, if, if you're going to do that, you don't need me to filter anything with this liver thing here. So I'm going to start deteriorating that because you know, you're not using it. So yeah. now she needs a liver and a small bowel transplant. They get her stabilized um, and she's going along and she's doing, I mean, she's, she's just a regular kid. She's, she's yeah. a baby just doing her normal thing. Right. Um, but as a parent, you know, once we get her on the list, all you can do is, is wait in hope. Right. Mm -hmm. And meanwhile, I still have my first daughter. Right. And she's right. looking at me with the big, beautiful eyes going, Hey daddy, how are things going? So mm -hmm. now you're trying to teach these life lessons to someone who's like four or five years old. And still you've got all this worry and all this fret going on. So there's that, that weird balance of things that's going on inside your head. And, uh, uh, about halfway into it, so probably about oh nine nine ten months into it, uh, we had to take mom and Krista, it was my second daughter's name, and and send them up to Pittsburgh because that's where the operation was going to happen. They were the the best surgeons there. We were living in Atlanta, right? Uh, so working for Coke, as I mentioned, and so you know the my oldest daughter and I would fly up there every weekend or two just to go visit and you know you know, try and be a family as much as we could, but you know, here we got, so there's the added pressure of that going on in the, the marital relationship. Right. And, uh, about month 17, she took a real wicked turn for the worst and her health started to deteriorate really fast. And she was in the ICU a lot. And anyone who's a parent will understand what I'm about to say. Mm -hmm. You can look at your child and say, there's something wrong. Yes. And even though there's already a bunch of things wrong with her, you know, you know, you had a baseline, but you, yeah. you're looking at your daughter and you're going, all right, there's something just not yeah. right here. Right. Yeah. And so at that point, I'm up there for one of the visits and I, I pulled the doctor aside and he says, you know, I got to ask if the 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 organs became available right this minute. Mm -hmm. Do you think she'd survive the operation? I get a lot of doctors speak and a lot of political <laughs> correct stuff. And I said, look, dude, no I, joke. I, I, I Grabbed his shirt and I pulled him into the janitor's closet and closed the door. And then look, it's, it's just you and me now, right? Man to man. Mm -hmm. um, and re-asked the question and finally got the answer. He did not believe she would survive the operation. Wow. Okay. Not the answer I wanted to hear, but all right, now I know. So the follow-up question is, do you think her health would improve to the point where she would survive? Mm. More doctors speak, but finally the 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 answer he gave was, I, I don't believe. Actually, I believe she's going to get worse in probably a really short period of time. So now uh, I'm left with the the tough decision. And I say I, obviously it's you know, the two of us at the time. Right. 
but you got the top decision because you know the answers. I know the answers, right? And you know, right now she's on a respirator, and that's right. what's keeping her alive. You know, so you have, and this is a personal decision for anyone to make. And you know, I respect anyone's you know differing opinions on this. Mm -hmm. But I felt that if I was keeping her here, I was keeping her here for me. Yeah. Right. That selfish. Mm -hmm. oh, I love you. I want to keep you here. Mm -hmm. You know, God, you know, I, I want to hope she could have been better. But right. here I have all the professionals saying, I, I really don't think so. Right. Um, so made that tough choice, disconnected her from the machines in literally no joke, sat down in the rocking chair in her ICU room and rocked her to sleep one last time. Now, <laughs> you know, wispy eyed. <laughs> um, as tough it is as it is to even share the uh, share that story, it is a part of who I am, and I'm thankful I had that moment because I could sit down and sh and tell her goodbye and thank you for all the wonderful life lessons that she taught me in her short time here. You know, she had this amazing thing of looking at the world around her that you and I probably take for granted, and she's like, "Oh wow, right." <laughs> yeah. Ever seen the movie ET? Remember the scene where he's like, he's going like this, and yeah, the little yeah, finger yeah. starts glowing. Yeah. He did the same thing. We always called it the ET finger. Okay. Whenever she was introduced to something new she hadn't seen before, be it a food or a, a stuffed animal or a toy, she'd mm -hmm. reach out and touch it with that finger. Once she did it, it was like any other baby. It's like in her mouth yeah. and she's playing with it, right? So it was that, that amazing view. And we always knew she was in pain going through a lot of things she was going through, but it didn't stop her. She always met pe new people with a smile and these big blue eyes. You know, she was yellow with jaundice. People thought she had this amazing hand, you know, and I, so when I was rocking her to sleep that, that last time I was telling her all the things that she taught me right. and how I was going to try to do my best to teach that to her older sister and anyone that was willing to listen. Gotcha. Gotcha. You know, so that was a major turning point for me because it was like, I, I knew I could mm -hmm. take that dark path. I'd been down it and right. I knew how easy and seductive it was, but you know, I was making this conscious effort and I was using that moment to make that promise to travel a better path, right? Try mm. and be a, a better father, a better man, better husband, better everything um, in, in her honor. So that was a big turning point. Um, and I think probably turning point number three, because again, life happens, you know, life things keep happens. going on, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the woman I was married to at that time, I, I, I don't think took that death as well. And not that we ever can, right? You still, everyone grieves in their own way. Everyone processes things differently, but uh, there was a lot of, I'll call it an abusive relationship. And I don't mean that in a physical sense. There was a lot of anger and, and things going on inside that everything else was the reason things happened to her, yeah. right? It was, yeah. it's your fault. It, you know, Charles, this is the reason this happened to me. You mm -hmm. know, Tracy, this is the reason this happened to me. You, Mr. Stranger, you cut me off, ah, right? This, yeah. There's this festering anger and it just, it didn't get any better. So it was about 10 years of, you know, um, going through that. And I, I finally thought, you know what? Here I am trying to be, better. And, and don't get me wrong, right? I, I was part of the problem in the relationship. I'm not Mr. Perfect. Not mm -hmm. going to say it's all her fault because right. I had my, my, my foibles as well. But at some point you got to say, you know what, is this right for us? Is this right for me? Right? right. I'm carrying all this crap 
Right? Mm-hmm. Now, of course, I want to say a different word, but you know, I want to go, want to go there. Yeah, I'm carrying all this this crap, mm-hmm. and I know I can see right. Just just over there is this better vision of what life could be, but I don't see you in it. Mm-hmm. You know. And so when my daughters got out of high school, it was like I think this is done. Right. Yeah. I think we just need to go our separate ways. Uh, and, and it wasn't a, a wonderful you know, separation, you know, we don't talk to each other. So I can't say, I can't come up with you and with this awesome story. It's like, Hey, now we're friends and everything's great. It, it's not right. She's okay. just, she's dealing with her thing. I'm doing my thing. And one of the things I did do, and, and please feel free to shut me up any moment is, <laughs> is coming out of that is I was always an avid goal setter in my business world. Right. And I finally sat down and said, you know, what? I'm going to try the same tactic with relationships, right? So I could sit down and was, if there was a project idea, I would like write out, here's here's what I want this to look like. And here are the steps to get there and blah, 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 blah. I sat down and said, you know what? If I if I was to create this perfect woman for me, yeah. 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 what would that entail, right? And obviously being a guy, the first <laughs> thing I do, right? Okay, she's going to be blonde. She's going to have hair. She's going to be skinny. Okay, now yeah. we got... We got all that out of the way, right? But then you start looking at the, the things that really matter, right? She's going to have this compassionate heart, mm-hmm. right? She's got to believe in all the major things that I believe in. I don't care if she has some differently beliefs in some of the, you know, yeah. ancillary topics, right? Yeah. But when it comes to the core things, you know, religion, belief systems, you know, uh, politics, we probably want to be, you know, really tight on those because yeah. everything else kind of falls by the wayside, we can, right? We can do it, yeah. We could deal with the rest of that stuff, <laughs> you know, and you literally just kind of writing all that out and going, okay, that's what I'm looking for right there. And this is no joke. Probably about three, four months later, I met her. Uh-huh. And now I met her online, so I didn't know she was that person. But mm-hmm. as I got to know her more and more um, over time, there's probably about six months or so. It was like, check, check, mm-hmm. check, check. Yeah. Uh, she, she's now my wife. We've been married going on four years now and very happy with her. So, uh, you know, so uh, through all the trials and tribulations, it's all I think it's all about what can you glean out of that? Right. What can you glean out of each one of those? Right. Say, OK. I've learned that lesson. It's time to step forward, right? Time mm-hmm. to move on. And I think a lot of folks struggle with that moving on piece because yeah. they're so stuck in that dark cloud. Yeah. You know, everyone says, hey, every dark cloud is a silver lining. And I think that's true, but mm-hmm. you can really easily get stuck in that dark cloud, right? Yeah. So here, let me ask you this question then. Go for it. Does she drive a Harley? You know what? That was one of the cool things. That's what I, I did put down there that she has to uh, be motorcycle friendly. Right. Here's the great thing. She doesn't want to ri- uh, drive one. She wants to ride on uh, the back. There you go. I'm like, sold, right? Put a ring on it. <laughs> All right. So then let's get to this. We're going to take a quick break. But when we come back, I want to get to the nitty gritty now. Okay. How you took all this energy all this passion and and things that happen in your life and turned it into what you do now. Okay. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. All right. CMJ Entertainment is a one-stop shop. CMJ Entertainment helps people to do any type of events and it's a marketing tool as well. So we'll cover everything from start to finish. If it's a wedding, we'll make sure your wedding is over the top. And if it's an event, we make sure that everybody gets information at the end of the day. 
give us a call at 416-414-8964 or online at cmjent.com. Yes, we're back live with my good friend, the man that knows how to drive the Harley. <laughs> <laughs> so if you missed the first half, um, he's got a story that, you know, some people wouldn't just understand. And I, I have to, before we move on, applaud you for stepping up and then being the, the great man that you are now. I know I, we've just met like a couple of times before the show started, but I can tell that your your spirit and your heart is there. So let's just move on and show everybody else what you're doing to help them out. Sure. So talk about your business. Well, I, I, I dabbled around for a while in the digital marketing space, you know, doing the social media thing and everything. I'm like, okay, this is cool. This is fun. You know, it, it, it satisfies the geek in me. But <laughs> I really think where I started resonating with folks is when I was starting to, you know, have that, uh, you know, like this, just having that conversation with them, right? Just going right. back and forth saying, well, what are your dreams for your, for your business or for yourself and what have you? And it started to click in that arena. So I, I really do more of that. I still do business coaching, but more of that, I call it success coaching, which I think is <laughs> kind of like a lot of folks call it life coaching, but I think it's more than that, right? It's like, well, yeah, I, I can, we can guide your life, but you want to be successful and whatever that means to you, where that right. means you want to start a charity, you want to run a church, you want to do, you know, entertainment, whatever, right? You want to play basketball? I don't get it. Okay. You can play basketball, <laughs> but what, whatever, whatever it is, your definition of success is mm -hmm. let's get you there. Um, and let's define that uh, happiness inside you and share that. And I find a lot of times folks, once they get past the, well, you know, I, I, I want to make $150,000 a year. Got it. It's, right. Yeah. There's a target. Let, let, let's step that aside for a minute. But, what do you want to do, right? What, what energizes you inside? Because mm -hmm. I, I, I've had a job where I was making that kind of money, but I wasn't happy. Now, mind you, I was happy I had money. I'm going to be wrong. I'm not sad. Like Zig Ziglar says, I've been with money and I've been without money. Much rather be with, right? It's, right, right we got to right. eat. We got to have houses and pay the bills. Um, but at the end of the day, you, you want to be happy internally. And then I think if you're happy internally, it really makes you much better at whatever it is you're doing. So if we can define that success and coach you through that, well, then there's the business side of it as well. Uh, and there you go, right? So we're we're gonna, we're gonna take you on that journey to uh, you know to up your game, as I like to say it. Um, and I actually chose the the phrase the dark horse because I think a dark horse, as I looked it up, are the folks that win that no one expected to, right? So mm -hmm. I felt like, you know, coming out of a couple of my dark times, uh, there is those folks that didn't think I was going to rise back up out of the ashes, that I wasn't going to run my race, that I couldn't even win the race. They would even laugh when I tell them some of the ideas they had. So being that dark horse kind of resonated with me. And uh, one of the folks uh, uh, that uh, helped bring this out of me, he actually uh, has a tagline for the underdog. And I'm like, oh my God, I totally identify with the underdog. I didn't want to steal it. So, you know, I got to find my own version of it, right? So, you know, it, and it's all about finding your path and hence this uh, this little moving road you have right on along here it's like you know we're all up walking down that road whether it's in our life or in our business we can see maybe one or two steps in front of us and then it starts to get gray and foggy and we're all like well i don't know if i want to do that well 
don't worry about that, right? Take those one or two steps and then, then you'll be able to see a little further down the road and then you'll take a few more steps. Um, one of the big things we go through with in, in the coaching arena is obviously setting goals, as I alluded to earlier. And I think one of the big things some folks don't get about that is reviewing those goals periodically, whether that means quarterly or annually, because as you start walking down that road, whatever that road is for you, new things, new opportunities, new ideas, new experiences will come into your life that may change your mind in the direction that you want to go. Oh, well, you know, I was thinking about this, but now I've started to found this magic that I'm really feeling passionate about over here. So you may think, hey, you know what? I want to go do public speaking. And you start, you know, going down that path of being a public speaker, sharing your message. But then you start figuring out, oh, my gosh, you know what? I'm so much better at pulling together the uh, the events. And I'm probably being uh, moved by some of your commercial that I just saw right there. I'm, I'm more better behind the scenes and maybe just being that MC, Right. And then so now you're even happier. You're still doing that public speaking you thought of, but you're doing it in a different light. You know, so as you set that goal initially, things are going to change as you move along. Right. And then here's, uh, you know, the stories and how you help people, because as you mentioned in the beginning, you do have your own podcast. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. There it is right there. Uh, You can find it on probably all the major um, networks. Absolutely. Check it out. And on your podcast, what do you dive into? We dive into uh, mostly mindset and entrepreneurship. So uh, I I started the podcast kind of to share my journey that I've been through as well as the journey I'm going on. Um, And then I bring on um, most of the time, you'll find most of the episodes, I bring on guests that have have a, a unique story, in my opinion, to share. And then we, I have them, you know, first part of the, usually the interview is just them sharing their story. Uh, you know, you have folks like Tiffany Toombs who've been some through some pretty traumatic events. Uh, then you'll bring uh, folks like uh, John Watley, who's the author of the, the Millionaire Side Hustle, who didn't have traumatic events, but he had an event that totally changed the direction that he took his life. And then, you know, then they start sharing some of their tips and uh, the some of their tricks from inside their business. And so it, it, it serves both sides. I'm, I'm a big proponent of if you don't have your mindset, um, if your mindset is jacked, your biz set is jacked as well, right? So I don't care. You could have the greatest business idea, but right. if you don't have your mindset right, it'll probably get so far, and then you're not ready to carry it the rest of the way until you fix that wonderful tool between your ears. All right. So now I want to pop this up. I ask everybody to give us a tip. And for some reason, your tip made me stop and read it like five times to really, I'm like, hmm, okay, hmm, I like that. Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) That little moment there. So here, you can always train someone on skills, but you can't make someone value or fit your company after the fact. So yeah, you can, you can, so the way I got it is, yeah, train them here. This is, this is, this is, this is, but if they don't, get the value and the fact of your company. It's, it's a different feeling. You can teach them everything. Yeah. But if they're not on the same page as you now, what? Yeah. Uh, I, 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 
I shared that because I, I think one of the things is that you can care, go so far as a solopreneur and mm -hmm. uh, there's a number of solopreneurs that are very successful all on their own. But I think when you're ready to take yourself to the next level, you're going to be hiring folks. And I'm a, I'm a huge proponent of hiring values. Right. And then skill sets. Right. So if I'm interviewing you and we're, we're jamming, we're jiving, I'm like, okay, this guy, this guy rings for me. And then I'm interviewing someone else. And it's like, we're not quite clicking as well. Our values aren't quite as aligned, but he's got this, the perfect skill set. Mm. I'm going to come back to you and say, you know what? You and me are values aligned. I think you're a better fit for the organization and the environment that I'm trying to create here. And any holes in your skill set, we can train that up. So I'm a big proponent of hiring those values primarily and then find the skill sets to back that up. All right. So here's the question for you. Clients mm -hmm. and saying, you know something, I think I like what this guy's saying. I think I want to talk to him. He can help me out. Mm -hmm. How does it work? Do you guys do one-on-one? -on -one? Is it a group consultation? How does somebody, you know, f get to know and, and you can help them out? Well, they can uh, obviously you're you're sharing the uh, all the all, all the goodies right there at the darkhorseschooling.com. And there's my phone number. Uh, give me a call and uh, we'll, we'll set up a consultation time. And it's literally when I start off, it's a one on one. Right. Do I feel I can help you or are you looking for what I bring to the table? Because if you're not looking for what I bring to the table, then it's not a good mix for either one of us. Right. Uh, I don't want your money just to get your money. Right. I got enough. There's enough folks out there that could bring you value. And I can certainly, I know a number of other folks that do very similar things. I may say, ah, oh, here, I know the perfect person for you. It could be Charles. It could be John. It could be Zach. And I could direct you to there and make that connection. But if we do jive and you feel we jive and I feel we jive, well, let's make it happen. And then we'll set up, uh, you know, an ongoing coaching uh, experience. All right. So talk to me about this. I'm excited to see what this is. Dropping a new digital academy course planned for the end of September. Yeah, I think one of the big things is I find is so many people have this knowledge within them that they could share. And they could monetize as well, right? Whether, you know, it's something outside of your podcast arena or outside of what it is you do as a business, there's something you've done that mm -hmm. I would pay to learn. And so what I'm doing here is I'm creating um, a, a, a method, right? I'm creating, this is almost kind of funny. I'm creating a digital course on how to create a digital course, <laughs> right? So it really, it takes you through in a, in a, a non, what I call a non overwhelming way. There's like eight modules. It says, if you follow this step by step by step, by the time you get to the end of this, you'll not only will have a course put together, you'll have it up online and you'll have some marketing already done for it that people will start coming into and be introduced to your course. Then it's a matter of, you know, tweaking, you know, tweaking those little things. Hey, I can bring traffic to it, but am yeah. I converting it yet? Right? right. And then, you know, we, we teach you all those things along the way. Um, I think one of the unique factors about it is, is I come at you and say, you need to start marketing the course before it's ready. Mm -hmm. You need to start that buzz. Mm -hmm. So it's probably going to take you a, a month or two, or maybe even three, three is the outline I, I put out there to create your something from nothing. So start telling people you've got something big coming, you know, start the buzz while you're creating it. I'm not telling them come buy it before it's ready. 
I'm saying start the buzz so that when you're like, oh man, this thing's going to be ready in a couple of weeks. You're not trying to jam everything in two weeks. You've been slowly building that hype. You know, it's like Marvel does with their movies. They started dropping hints to the big end game Avengers uh, series that they did 10 mm-hmm. years ago, yeah. you know, and then slowly over time, they built that up and built that up. And at the end of every movie, if you stay at the end, yes, yeah, yes, yeah, and and see, and the podcasters do that too, right? They give you that little teaser. Oh, and the next episode, so and so is going to be telling you about, and you're like, oh man, I got to know that. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. Well, listen, just to drop the little hints, like you said, you can catch us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch. Twitter and on Spreaker, this episode will be there. So make sure you tell a friend to watch because this is a great man, great friend. I believe he's a friend of mine now, and I'm glad that you could come on the show, my friend. My, my pleasure for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Charles. So here it is. I always ask with the last question and the last Queen Wave. Here it is. If you could go back and talk to the cheerleader in you, <laughs> what would you tell him if you can go back in time? Oh, my goodness. You know, I've been asked that question a couple of times, and uh, it's it's a tough one because I know any advice I give myself would change it. I think would uh, the biggest advice I could give to myself was be yourself, because every time I found myself going down a dark path, I was trying to please the masses by being someone that wasn't authentic to myself. And every time I've been happy throughout my life. I've just been being me and mm-hmm. surrounding with myself with those folks that resonate with that. Okay. If you don't agree with who I am, I'm cool with that. You go do you, I'll do me. That's right. It. And then I'm happy and you're happy and everyone's happy. That's it. All right. My friend, we have something on the show here. It's called the queen wave. This is your opportunity to say bye to anybody. Do any shout outs, anybody that's watching family, friends, shout them out. This is your opportunity. Okay. Thanks so much to Zach and to my lovely wife and my ladies. Thank you so much. There you go, buddy. Thank you so much. We'll see you next time. Listen, that is a great guest. Listen, check out his stuff. His story is so phenomenal. I had to read the bio a couple of times and really get to know it because in life, you're going to go through some stuff. But here's the question. How do you come out of it? What do you do with it? What's the knowledge you come out of it? And that's what he's doing. And that's what he's helping other people to teach them. So what better way to do it with a great person like that? You can hear his spirit and you can hear that he loves doing it. And that's what he loves to do. So like I tell everybody, thank you for watching. You didn't have to, but I'm glad that you did. Be kind to somebody. We'll see you next time. It's come to an end, but the fun doesn't have to stop here. If you have any questions, suggestions, or feedback, head over right now to Twitter and Facebook and like, share, and get involved. Join us next time. Please be advised that this podcast is meant for educational and informational purposes only and is in no way a replacement for legal or medical advice. The opinions contained within are solely those of the interviewers and interviewees and should be received as so. Those seeking help or advice are encouraged to obtain professional legal 